Welcome to The Land of Aru, a fan cast of Carcerum the Series, presented by the American Council for the Blind, Sunday edition with Anthony, and supported by Shane Salt Productions. Welcome, welcome, welcome to In the Land of Aru, a Carcerum fan cast. This is Anthony Corona, your host. I am here, as always, with Shane Salt from Shane Salt Productions. How's it going, Shane? It's going very well, Anthony. How about yourself? It's going really well on this end, too. Jeff is back with us, which is kind of cool. Welcome back, Jeff. We missed you, buddy. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. (laughs) And temporarily hosting for us is Monica. That may stay for the hour and a half. It may change. We'll figure it out as we go along. Um, We have a great guest tonight. We can talk a little bit about comedy. We can talk a little bit about voice acting. We can talk about what is truly a quote-unquote character actor. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. We've got to run the episode. And so, Shane, I mean, there's a bunch of different prophecies. All these different groups are coming to this tournament to claim that their prophecy is the one, their fighter, their champion is the one. So where exactly did we leave off with Aura and Istin and all those different prophecies? Yeah, we got so many people now. So Aura, Kevin, and Formosa were captured in the whole last episode. They were pretty much in jail. And right at the end... Um, Karis came with a prophecy and let them out and got them out saying he was a fighter. But before that, Istin, uh, Karis had gone to see Istin and said, why did you abandon me and all these things? And Istin said, you know what? You know, I'm a jerk. And if you want to get back in my good graces, I need you to take this prophecy and go sell it in this thing that obviously sounds like a trap. And Karis said, okay. And then he shows up at the jail with a prophecy and helps everybody get out. So that's kind of where we're at. We're not sure what's going on, but we know our people are free and Istin is fighting in the tournament. And we were we were promised a couple of weeks ago that um, that Karis would come back and talk with us again because he promised us deaths to the character of, of Karis. But I wasn't sure until the last week's episode i wasn't sure if he was just kind of dramatizing his own feeling about the role but last week definitely showed us more layers of Paris. so i I hope he's going to come back and talk to us soon um jeff are you ready to run that episode yes sir let's do it all right to listen to this week's carcerum episode click the link in the description Welcome, welcome, welcome back. You are listening to In the Land of Aru, a Carcerum fan cast. I'm Anthony Corona, your host. Shane, you know, I knew there was going to come a point where the pledge that I made that I wasn't going to go ahead of anyone else, I was going to experience this with the audience, was going to really, really frustrate me. Last week, (laughs) it sort of, it sort of like poked me and it was like annoying. It was like a mosquito that was just around, but it didn't really bother me that much. This week, it's going to be like, I, I don't know, like birds outside the window at like six o'clock in the morning and you just want to like, you know, shoot guns at them so they'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not easy. I know it's not easy what we do for, our, you know, for our art, for our, for our audience. But um, <clears throat> our friend Katie actually emailed again. That's the, um, the girl that's been emailing us every week. And she explained to us last week that she listens to us on the podcast form on her way back and forth to work. 
So she kind of scolded me a little bit. I'm not going to read the email word for word, but she scolded me a little bit because she said we're like 17 weeks into this thing. And I really like never asked you any personal questions. Um, <laughs> the ones that she suggested were interesting. Um, something like, does Shane have a girlfriend? Um, does Shane ever wish that he was the hero in this story? She had a couple of interesting questions, but I, I figured I'd do like maybe a pop five personal questions for Shane if you're up for it. Okay. All right. So you're all alone in your house or apartment, whatever it may be. You're hungry. What's your go-to meal? If I'm cooking? Yeah. Um, my One of my go-tos when I'm cooking are tacos. I love, or, or fajitas. Uh, I've been trying to be really good about uh, like what I'm eating. So I, I started doing Weight Watchers like a while ago and I don't care as much as, as I used to, but I got into some good habits. Um, so I'll, I'll make like chicken and vegetables and, uh, and I'll use cauliflower rice. And actually just yesterday, I like making a big vat of something so I can eat it over the course of a long time. So, uh, turkey chili, (laughs) uh, I, Last night I made zucchini and chicken and I made a lot of it. Um, and one of the things I started doing over the pandemic was actually making my own deli meat and grinding my own turkey. So I'll actually get a turkey and debone it and then make it into stuff. All right, dude, you're like way surpassed me. You make deli meat? There are YouTube videos and I just watch them. Darn, you know, that YouTube is like a university. Yeah. You can get your degree in anything on YouTube if you watch enough videos. I'm convinced. All I, right, had to, I, bought a, I bought a meat slicer, like not like an industrial one, but a little one for like less than a hundred bucks. And I can, I can make deli meats and it's less points than if I bought the turkey from the grocery store. Dude. All right. We need to do a separate community call on like transitioning into healthy eating in creative ways. Make your own deli meat. That's pretty awesome. All and right. it's not as Question. super hard as you think. <laughs> well, it depends on what side of the kitchen you're on. <laughs> All right. Question number two. In the adult yearbook, if you were to, you know, put in your submission, describe Shane to our listeners. Uh in the adult yearbook, what would it say? Um, it would probably say, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. All right. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's sort of my philosophy and how we run all this stuff. People are like, can you do this? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. Question number three. If you could drop yourself into any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you want to be in and what character would you want to be in that movie and why? So if, if the movie was reality. Yeah. Kind of like that. Oh boy. Okay. Well, the first one that came to mind, I don't feel like would be my final answer, but the first thing that came to mind was Ferris Bueller's day off as Ferris Bueller. All right. So that I can was, go with that one. I know that was the first thing. I mean, I feel like I should pick something like with outer space or, you know, uh, Iron Man and be Iron Man. That would be pretty cool. Well, I, I got to be honest. My my first thought when I thought up the question, 
<laughs> I wanted to be Superman. Yeah, so, you, <laughs> you know, no, but honestly, like, can you imagine just, you know, having the fortress, being able to fly around the world, catching the girl as she falls off the side of the building? I mean, I would love to be Superman for a day. Yeah. All right. Let's. Last question. What were the last three books, movies, albums? What were the last three entertainment experiences that like changed you or or like you know really gripped you? Oh. And we know Carcerum. We're just gonna automatically yeah, assume, we'll just assume that one. Yeah. Um You know, the the things that I really remember taking to heart. Um I remember, uh, did you ever see Across the Universe? I did, yeah. Across the Universe, it's like the Beatles music and that. I really, I remember leaving that movie and being really touched um, just with the music and the creativity of it. I think that's a lot about what it is. It's the creativity of a movie like that. Yeah. Um, I remember The Alchemist. Um, which which is a book you were supposed to read in high school. I was supposed to read in high school, but I didn't. I read it many yeah. years after high school. And I Me remember too. understanding why people <laughs> really were changed by this book. Uh-huh. <sighs> and then... Uh, let's see. Music. Movies. You know what else? Okay, so there, the TV show... Um, the good place. the The final season of that show, I thought I was really worried about that show because if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But it's kind of like when you start the show, when you get through a season or two, you're you can't imagine how they're going to end it. And not only did they, well, I feel that they ended it incredibly well, like better than you would ever expect. I thought the sort of the philosophical conversations you can have with yourself about it really made me think. And I really, I, it sort of connected some synapses in my brain and allowed me to think in more creative ways about certain things. Well, it's interesting. All of your, your top project picks are just slightly alternate reality kind of like building yeah. the world of car serum <laughs> so it, it kind of yeah it kind of falls into the pattern cool so do me a favor because you know folks that are listening know that i'm blind and our screen readers often read complicated spelled words very very wrongly <laughs> um so do so i so introduce chuck for us so that i don't have to try to pronounce his last name <laughs> absolutely so chuck klausmeyer is one of the best dressed men that I know. Every time I see Chuck, he is wearing something in which I remember that he is wearing it. He is a regular on our game shows that we do. And he, I hope he's not listening yet because he's a really fun, nice, funny guy. And I don't want him to know that I think that. Um, but uh, he, he's been an actor, um, stage, screen, radio uh he works 
I'm going to let him tell you all the other stuff, but he's worked in, in more areas of the industry than I can imagine, and he has so much knowledge about all of it that it kind of blows my mind a little bit. However, I will make fun of him every time I see him. <laughs> That's a bromance, man. <laughs> Welcome, Chuck. Uh, hello, Anthony. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. And Shane, thanks for the kind words, I think. Shut up. Uh, for the most part. <laughs> but all, all of that is entirely true, except for the, the best dress thing. Every time Shane sees me nowadays, it's, it's, uh, I'm wearing a, a flowered shirt from the 70s uh, because of the game shows that we do live on best Facebook, shirt which ever. is a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that shirt. I wore it in six degrees. It was it was one of those things where, uh, you know, uh, we're done for the day. And I, I, I looked at that and I said, I, I have to have that shirt. And so they said, sure. So I took it. So, you know, Shane has brought some really, really interesting people for us to talk to. Um, you know, and every week I think to myself, all right, the next guest has really got to come with something cool or interesting for it to be. <laughs> memorable in my, you know, in my brain capacity. And I, I was thinking when I was putting together the, the notes for today, you, you come in with a really cool credential. There are very few sidekicks that, that permeate into, you know, into the consciousness of like all the people. And, and you're kind of up there with Lucy and Ethel or, um, Oh my God, what can I think of? But, you know, there's a, there's a couple of like really known sidekick roles. And the, 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 one that, the other one that comes to mind is the guy that's in all of the Adam Sandler movies. They're supposedly really good friends in life, et cetera, but he's in all the movies and he shows up and he plays a really cool character and you live in that world. So I got to ask, you know, how cool is it to be the sidekick? Uh, it's great. It's, it's actually something that I sort of aspired to, uh, uh, like all, like all I kept saying to, uh, to my buddy, Mike, and I I've known Mike Rowe since uh, high school, we went to high school together. We used to do plays together. We sang in a barbershop quartet together. Um, and we've remained good friends all these years. And about 15 years ago, actually longer than that, maybe closer to 20 years ago, he started to do a lot of endorsement deals and he would sort of pull me into them. And, uh, and he always liked to dress me up in, in funny outfits. I was, uh, I was a Bernie's mountain dog uh, for a Novartis campaign. It was like a web series uh, where I played, uh, you know, his best friend, Chuck, who happened to be a dog, you know, and uh, someone rings the doorbell and I would say, door, 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 you know, stuff like that. But um, and uh, and and Mike, Mike, Mike took to, to this. Uh, he, he loved this idea as well. And so I sort of became uh, he just found every place he could to sort of toss me in and dress me up oddly uh, that he could. And um, and now I am uh, sort of his uh, Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson on yeah. our podcast called uh, The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. Yeah, that, you know what? That was the one I was going for, and I was not grabbing it. So I said, "Okay, I got to move on." That's the perfect description. You're you're his Ed McMahon. Um, yeah, and, and I, you I can laugh be, at just about everything. <laughs> you've got to be recognized often for that. What's it like? You know, when you're going about your business, and somebody's like, "Oh my God, you're the guy that dressed up like a dog." 
Uh, well, you know, I, don't, I don't get recognized for the dog so much anymore, but I will tell you that uh, not that long ago, I was at a friend's house <clears throat> um, and he was having some people over and, uh, what, uh, you know, we, it was it was like a luncheon and there was a, a young couple there and um, uh, they, they were in their, tw- their 20s and um, the, the guy's name was Klaus, is Klaus. And so, he, you know, my friend introduced, he said, Klaus, this is Chuck Klaus Meyer. So one Klaus meet another Klaus. And the guy was shaking my hand and he, the way he was looking at me was just really, really strange. And, uh, and he said, Chuck, why, why do I, Chuck, he's, he was like, oh, oh, oh. And then he started to fanboy out and he said, you're, 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 you're Mike Rose, Chuck. You're Mike Rose, Chuck. And I was like, well, you know, it's not what I aspired to as a child, but, uh, but I'll take it. And uh, it's pretty funny. And actually we, we've become friends now. <laughs> we actually went to a hockey game last week. So. That's pretty funny. So I jumped the gun and, and, and jumped into the career when I usually start off by asking you to kind of tell us about how you came, you know, who was little, who was little Chuck, how you came to into the business and things like that. So, um, but I had to, you know, the whole sidekick thing, I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I, this is a great way to open the show this time. Sure. Um, but, you know, fill us in, give us your, you know, your life story. Well, uh, I grew up in Baltimore, was uh, born and raised there, uh, sort of gravitated toward theater uh, just because it was, I don't know, interesting. And I seemed to be good at it. And uh, I, so I, I did theater all through elementary, junior, senior high school, went to a community college in Baltimore. Um, you know, I won, I won a scholarship, uh, while I was, I was, uh, going to, uh, Essex community college in Baltimore. I won a, a scholarship, the Irene Ryan acting award, and uh, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, but a friend of mine went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. And so I, I said, well, geez, uh, she asked me to, to drive her up there, you know, to drop her off at, at uh, at her new home. And so I went up to New York and we, we went to see uh, Al Pacino in American Buffalo. And, uh, you know, I just, it, it was just, it was like my first time in New York as an adult. I was, I think 19 or 20 maybe. And, um, and so by the time I, you know, I, I dropped her off and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go home. I'm going to stay the weekend. I'll go home on Monday. And she said, well, why don't you come with me to my orientation? at uh, school. And I went, okay. So I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts orientation and I sat there and I looked around and I just got super excited. I was like, I, I, why am I not here? I should be doing this. And so on, on the drive home to Baltimore, I, um, I decided I'm going to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I had no idea how I was going to do that. I knew, I, I knew my friend had auditioned to get in and this was in September. And by February, I somehow had made it happen and uh, I actually caught up with her in, in her class and went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and uh, Good for you. And, and my first audition out of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts was, was an open call for a Broadway show called Oh Calcutta, which was uh, giving uh, a chorus line a run for its money. This, this year is like 19... 19- 
80, uh, 85 at this point. And, uh, and I, and there's nudity in the play and I'd seen the play and I thought there's no way I could do this play. There's no way. It's just, it just was very, um, it was, it was, it was a strange play and everybody had to get naked and I was just too shy to do that. And, uh, and so I, um, I, but I auditioned for it because they were asking for two monologues and two, uh, you know, uh, songs. And I thought, what a great chance to audition. You know, I never thought I would get cast. And so they called me back and they called me back a second time. And that's when I got scared. And I called my mom and I said, mom, you know, I'm, I, I got a second callback for this Broadway show. And, and she's like, well, that's great, honey. And I said, yeah, but it's like, I would have to get naked if to do it. And, and my mom said, well, will you get your equity card? that's a great mom right (laughs) that's a great mom (laughs) and so and so i did it i I did the show for about a year on broadway i went to norway i went to israel with the show it was uh, fantastic and uh i was still doing the show when i I took a sabbatical and came to la for pilot season in 1987 and uh four weeks later i called back the show and said you know what I'm, i'm i'm gonna stay here and uh and because uh, I, I like the weather. So I've been in L.A. ever since. And it's been an interesting, diverse experience in L.A. You, you've, you've tried out a lot. Of, you put your finger, let's put it that way, in a lot of different sides of the pie. So I tell think- us a, a little bit about the various roles you've taken on out in L.A. Well, um, I was, uh, I, 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 I got very lucky. Well, the first thing that I, that I did when I, when I was out here, um, apart from like, you know, a guest starring on, uh, shows and stuff like that was I got cast in a movie called the unnameable. And, and this was just a weird time where I, I went to, I, I was doing a showcase. I was always doing something to, you know, to try to get noticed. And so I was doing a showcase where you do a monologue and a scene, you know, and uh, hopefully casting directors come directors, whatever. And uh, I did, I did this thing. And afterwards the, uh, this guy came up to me and he said, "Uh, hi, my name's Jean-Paul Ouellette. And uh, I thought you were terrific. And I said, great. He goes, "Uh, thanks. Well, I appreciate you coming. And he said, "Uh, I'm, I'm directing a couple of movies and uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to send you the script. Is that okay? And I went, uh, oh. sure. And so he sent me the script uh, to a, a, an H.P. Lovecraft movie. It was a story uh, uh, based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft called The Unnameable. And so I read the script and I called him up and I said, this, this is great. I mean, this is a really, really fun, fun movie. And uh, he said, well, good. Um, great. Well, I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted. And then uh, he said, we're, we're going to be having uh, auditions in a couple of weeks. I'd like you to come in. And I said, absolutely. Um, what, what, what role do you want me to read for? He goes, oh, no, no, no. I don't want you to read. I want you to read with, uh, uh, you're going to play Howard. Um, and I was like, oh, so I just, it was like, it's, it's a ridiculous story. You don't, people don't just hand you, you know, leading roles in movies, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but in this particular case, they but sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah. They do. Uh, so that was a highlight. We did two of those. We did the unnameable and it was so good. We had to unname it again. Um, a couple of years later, later, I got to work with uh, John Reese Davies, uh, in, in that, uh, movie, which, uh, which of course he was like, you know, all I could think is Indy, we must go. That's, that's, uh, that was John Reese Davies. 
yeah. if you knew him from the Indiana <laughs> Jones movies. But uh, but yeah, and I I did um, I did a uh, I did some theater here. I did uh, Elizabeth almost by chance, a woman by Dario Fo. Uh, it was a North American premiere of that, and was directed by an Italian man who literally directed in Italian. He would just go. He would stop you and go ah, eccola. Mi piace pombare, io voglio guardare. Allora. And that would be it. He would just, he would give you line readings in Italian and then I would have to do it in, in English. So uh, I did that. I, I was on, uh, I, I got, uh, again, a bit of serendipity and good luck. I, I uh, auditioned, I screen tested for a role on um, Days of Our Lives. I didn't get it, but they, um, they liked me. And so they gave me three days. You know, my agent called and said, oh, you're going to do three days on days of our lives. I'm like, great. Okay. What am I doing? Oh, you're a bad guy named Daryl Canby. So I'm okay. I'm a bad guy. Fun. And, uh, I did my three days and just as I was doing it, the writer's strike of 1989 happened. And, mm. and so everything got put, yeah. yeah, it was just, everything got into put into a perpetual, uh, like holding pattern vamping like the whole industry was vamping particularly the soap operas so i wound up getting six months work they just they just kept using my character over and over again and and uh that that was that was a lot of fun um i'll tell you one time i i, I went into uh, my bank to cash a check and i you know i get up to the counter and the woman looked at me and and she was shocked she was like <gasps> you you you're, you're, you're on days of our lives. And I said, yes, yes, I am. And she said, I hate you. <laughs> I'm like, well, good. So I've, I'm, I'm, I'm that's, that's job. intentional. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. So, so yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I, uh, I was doing um, less and less on camera work and more voiceover work. Uh, sort of fell into that as well and sort of, sort of uh, you know, rode the horse in the direction it was running. And I, I did probably about, um, I was just telling this story recently, I think on my podcast that, uh, that I had, uh, I kept track of how many jobs I did. And I, you know, and I, it, it was, I stopped counting when it reached a thousand excuse me. And, um, so I, I, I've, I've done just about every, every commercial that could possibly be done at least once every, for every client. And, um, yeah. And I've, I did some theater along the way. I produced a, a play called blockage in the Valley. Uh, it's just a, a bunch of stuff. And here I am, uh, but of course, car serum is the, the, the pinnacle of, pinnacle. of my Abs. theatrical. Absolutely. Uh, Yes. Well, let's let's transition to Carcerum. What um, what were your first impressions when they told you about the project? When you saw a script, you know, what 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 did you think this was going to be? And then when you heard it, did it live up to or completely explode your expectations? Well, uh, I have known Bill Holmes for many many years. And Bill, basically, I'm sure he's been on this podcast, right? He has, yes. So, so, so then you might recognize his voice. He says, hey, Jackie, 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 
He's like, ah, buddy, we're doing a little, uh, we're doing a little theater of the mind. We want you to be in it. You want to do a little something for us? I said, okay, okay, Bill, I'll do it. And uh, he didn't tell me. He just said, he just told me I was going to be in it. He didn't, he didn't tell me what I was going to do. And uh, I don't, I don't know when he knew or when Shane knew uh, exactly uh, what I was going to play, but, um, but I started listening to it. I was, I think my episode was seven, right? 17. Is that what you just played? earlier and yeah we just played um, 17 yeah so so after he said you know after i said yes i said yes just because it was bill bill said hey you want to do this and i'm like yeah if you're doing it i'll i, I want to do it because you only do cool things <laughs> <laughs> and so and so uh i started listening to it and i mean i, I was blown away honestly I, I, yeah. I, it was, it far exceeded my expectations. I thought that the, just the production values were rich. I mean, even just the music, it's like, it, it reminded me sort of, of, um, uh, Game of Thrones, uh-huh. you know, and, or a Hobbit movie. It, it really uh, has that big, that big right. production feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very epic. And I fell in love with Dana Powers. She, yes. she is so good. I was like, wow. And I remember saying, I'm like, I hope I get to work with Dana Powers because she is just knocking this out of the park. Uh, sadly, I did not. But I did. Uh, I, I, my scene was with uh, Sharon. I forget her name. Uh, Muthu. Muthu. Yes, Sharon Muthu. And um she was she was great as well. So, but I I just uh, it was a lot of fun and and all Bill could say to me was uh, he's like, buddy, I, every time I hear your your stuff, it makes it cracks me up. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I was I was uh, I was crying, Bill. I was you know I was, I was filled with pathos, begging <laughs> for my life. And anyway, did did I did I miss the mark a little bit? i was a little i was a little really was it was it funny and then i listened to it i'm like oh yeah i guess i guess i was a little funny there but uh but but yeah i i i loved it i i thought the whole thing and and is this true anthony you don't know where this thing is going no i really don't i i made a pledge to enjoy this with the audience so i i now I'm I'm kicking myself that I made that pledge, but I really am honorable. I'm not gonna go. I'm I'm promise. I'm actually convincing myself as I'm saying it. I'm not gonna go ahead and watch more and listen to more. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are in for a treat because it it really is great. Even Shane, as horrible as it feels to say this, even Shane is good in this. <laughs> It's that horrible to it, it. It just really doesn't want to come out of the lips. It's really tough to words, say, right? Yes, yes, it really is. He sound like my mother. You know. <laughs> That's not true. My mother is lovely. Uh, so at this point, I want to say to our listeners that we will take hands. We have a host in the back that will let us know if any hands come up. If you're listening on ACB Media, you can go to Car Serum, the series slash in the land of and click the link you can join us live and raise your hand as well we're going to talk for a little bit more with chuck if those hands come up monica please don't hesitate to break in and let us know 
All right. So we got Shane unmuted. Since we've got Shane unmuted, what's it like recording with Shane and Bell? <laughs> um, it's great. I, Bill is one of the best directors um, it, for, in voiceover that I've ever met. Um, he is, he keeps it fun. He keeps you engaged. He, he's super creative. Shane is a master um, of the technology. I, I'm telling you, I, I I really am just amazed at how, like I, I've I've worked with Shane now, just doing these these game shows on Friday night that are live on Facebook, and I I I just can't believe that that they're actually pulling this off, and it's it's run like a like a regular game show. It's just absolutely crazy. But but let me just also say that that back to Carcerum, that all of these episodes are so beautifully, beautifully mixed. And I yes. believe that's that's all Shane. And I, you know, I listen to all of them with, with headphones on, and it's just phenomenal. You really feel like like you're in the middle of 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 a sword fight and you know it, it's really really um it's just really well done I, I i hadn't experienced anything like this before i have nothing to compare it to you know i i, no, really, and I, when I so appreciate that chuck i just want to give credit to tim McEwen, who also did a lot of them the, he was the mixing mastering guy i did most of the sound design and 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 all mm. the design of wanting to know this but tim was monumental in 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 the amazingness that it became yeah, you guys did a great job for sure. But you know, I don't know if um, if you remember last week's episode when most a lot of the action took place in the jail cell. The right. layering that was built into <laughs> you could feel the spatial, you could feel the arched bars, you could feel you know where they were in in relative to where he was on the other side of the bars, you know, playing the the fool. And it was, and I kept thinking to myself, my God, you know, this must have taken hours and hours worth of, of design, of mixing, of, you know, playing it back over and over again to achieve those exact hollow kind of um, echoes and things. It was, I'm just amazed at how well they do this. Me too. Me too. So tell us what you thought about your character and how you kind of layered your character. Well, I, you know, um, spoil. In fairness, I, 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 I didn't know anything about this character until I got to the to the recording studio, and I, I, I read the scene. I didn't even read the whole script. I was, I was as caught up as I could be with listening to what was going on. So I had an idea of some of some of the. I had, you know, I knew who the main characters were and stuff like that. But I really went in and just relied entirely on Bill, telling just just describing to me what's going on. Here's where you are. You know, it's it's dirt. There are all these people around you. You're 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 turning around and addressing the crowd and all sorts of in every direction feel free to use the space. You know, you've got a sword, you're going to, you know, you're going to fight. And he just, he painted the picture in my mind while I was in the studio. And um, 
and 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 really it it was just all developed there you know i mean he when i first started doing it, it was like no you you got to you got to toughen him up a little bit toughen him up and 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 so i did and uh and uh you know i just i i just leaned into the um the cockiness the uh i i ad-libbed a little bit i think which which bill loved you know, uh, this is going to be easy. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember if that was written or not, but, uh, but I just leaned into the, the cockiness of this guy. And I knew that I was going to turn on a dime and be a whimpering, you know, uh, coward. <laughs> and similar. And yeah. That was fun to play. It, it, it came across very fun for us to hear. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 and did you find it funny, Anthony? Did you think I was funny? I did think you were funny. I, <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was a perfect depiction of of the bluster of someone, right. you know, right. and when that late when that first layer is stripped away, there's actually nothing under it. So then you kind of have to either whimper or run. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so exactly. I enjoy the whimper. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. All right. So we'll go with a couple more of my questions. And if Cindy, if anybody raises their hand, just feel free to pop in and let us know. You bet. So, you know, we've, we've talked with a couple of other voices from Car Serum. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they all talk about is improv. How has improv helped you in the voiceover work that you do? Oh, it's, it's, it's invaluable. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really something that everybody needs. I mean, all good actors, I think, should do it to a certain degree. I think anybody who does anything that's forward facing should do improv. And it's one of the first recommendations I make when I teach voiceover is for people to get into an improv class because you want to be able to think on your feet. You want to be able to uh, yes and you want to be able to um, uh, you know, to, to, to be creative. And, and this is a great way. It's a great way of, of exercising those creative juices. It's uh, it, it, it's, I, I, I went, uh, I, I did um, the groundlings for a period of time uh, years ago. And it's really funny. Maggie Baird was my teacher and she, wow. uh, <laughs> Maggie Baird is, um, the mother of, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on her name. What is her name? Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. <laughs> it was so funny. I was watching the Oscars and I'm like, well, that's my old improv teacher. Anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, improv is, is uh, absolutely uh, essential, I think, to voiceover or acting in general. What do you do for your voice? Is there anything that you that special that, that you do rituals, vitamins, teas? What do you do to maintain your voice? You know, I it's it's more just about uh, exercising it than coding it or whatever. Of course, if I'm sick, it's a different story. You know, uh, throat coat is great for for stuff. You know, when you're when you're not feeling up to snuff, uh, hot tea and lemon and honey and blah, blah, blah. But, but uh, for me, I just, I, I, I just always do uh, patter songs to warm up, 
you know, um, quite a lot of Roman terracotta, living lover from the flanks of Etna, red leather, yellow leather, those kinds of things. You know, you do all these kinds of things. Mama la papa la lily lolly, calla lily, calla lily. You know, uh, and also just a vocal exercise I, I learned years ago when I was singing a lot more is just to talk, you know, where you sort of just blow, um, it forces you to use your diaphragm more. It's a, sort of a, a, a quick, a quick way to warm up. But you, you probably couldn't understand that, but that that's it. That's, that's all I do. I just do exercises. How much of your personality comes out in your voice characters? I would say a lot. Um, I mean, one of the hardest things to do <laughs> in acting is to be yourself. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's one of the, I, I mean, for me as like, I, you know, I was just trained in theater and, and blah, blah, blah. I was always just the character, the character, the character. And then I got to, to LA and it was like, no, no, just, you know, be, don't, don't, don't do less, do less, do less. And so I would say that, you know, the, the character is, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the percentage of me is in there, but it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big part. It's, it's, it's a big part. And unless I'm doing something really unusual and, um, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with dialects and stuff like that, then it's, then it's, uh, but I, I mean, you know what, even then, even then it's still, it's, it's still me. And you try to keep it everything grounded in reality, I think. What's your dream character to play? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've never really, really thought about it. I, I, I think that I like to do anything that is challenging, anything that is I think my, my dream character is a character who is both very funny and extremely earnest. I like a wide range of emotions. That's why Giles in this episode is so great to me, is that yeah. I got to be big and boisterous, but I also got to... To meek and cower. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so I guess I, what I'm saying is Giles is my dream character. So thank you, Shane. You know, I try. And, and, if Shane, and if Shane and Bill want you to try another character in season two, are you on board? Oh, I'm so on board. Are you kidding me? I love this thing. I, like I said, I went, when I was listening to, when I was listening to it leading up to when I recorded uh, you know, I, I was, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it fast enough, you know, it's a half hour long and it's like, I, 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 I'm ready for the next episode. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just, I, I went straight through to all 31, 31 episodes and um, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I, I want to play another character for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing some time with us tonight. Um, really appreciate it. Shane, we'll be back next week with another great episode of Car Serum and another great conversation. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Anthony. <laughs>
To listen to this week's Carcerum episode, click the link in the description or search Carcerum, C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is a recording of a live show presented by the American Council for the Blind and Sunday Edition with Anthony. If you would like to be part of the live show, please follow at Carcerum the Series on social media or join the ACB mailing list by sending an email to community at acb.org. Also, be sure to check out the podcast Sunday Edition with Anthony on your favorite podcasting platform. For more information about Carcerum, go to carceremtheseries.com.